It's up for debate on KLJXLP Flagstaff, KJAC 107.1. I'm your host, Cade Reed. Thank you very much for tuning in today. And make sure you tune in every single weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. where I will be here live, bringing you the most debatable content in all of sports, only on KJAC Radio and on the KJAC Sports Spotify. So if you ever miss an episode, you can always check it out there. We have a great episode today to name the starter in Miami. The football team likely to stay as the football team for another year, and the Packers have nothing to worry about after the loss. Now, before we get into all of that, first, let's jump in with what is next in Atlanta. The Atlanta Falcons have had a ton of issues over the last couple of years, and it really started to snowball after their loss to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now, we all know that game. They had a 28-3 lead going into halftime, and it seemed like they had locked up the Super Bowl, and it seemed like they were going to be the team that hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. And then Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, they stumbled back into the game. They fought and they clawed back into the game, and the Falcons ended up losing that game. Now, we all remember that game. We all remember how bad it was for Atlanta, but they made the Super Bowl that year. It was a good year for Atlanta in terms of how far they made it in the postseason. But the year after that and the years following, Atlanta has really been on a downslide. And after losing in the fashion that they did to the New England Patriots, one of the greatest dynasties in all of football, uh, after losing to them and losing their lead 28 to three, I mean, something had to happen in Atlanta. Now this season, we're in a tough year again for Atlanta where they're starting out one and five. One and five isn't good enough for a team who's got a really decent starting quarterback in Matt Ryan, somebody who is a former MVP award winner and still not too old, still 35 years old. He's getting up there in age, but he's still got a couple of years left, it looks like. And, and a talented roster with Todd Gurley and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I mean, one in five doesn't make much sense at all. So the first thing that needed to happen was Dan Quinn needed to be fired. Head coach of the Falcons, who really lost them the Super Bowl by not making the right play calling decisions, really not putting them in the right position to win the game. He was the first issue. And also firing their general manager, who's really not done a great job building an offensive line, building a defense that is capable of keeping up with this offense that has usually been pretty good the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, recently there has been a couple of very talented players on this Falcons roster, but they're giving up way too many points per game. They're giving up way too many points and they're not scoring enough which is obviously the recipe for disaster. But another big issue is they're losing these games closely. And when you're a team losing games closely, that is a real issue for the coaching staff. Is there being mismanagement? Could the Falcons do something differently to win these games? I mean, they lost to the Cowboys on an onside kick that they should have recovered by one point. They lost to the Bears by four, the Panthers by a touchdown. I mean, they're not losing too bad to these teams and they're not looking awful. They're not looking out absolutely awful. It's just at the end of the games, they're not finishing through. And obviously that's a big time issue. So what is next for Atlanta? How do they either turn this around, try to make a playoff run, which is unlikely at one and five, or is it time for a complete rebuild? 
Now, if you're me, I think it's time for a rebuild. Now, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones in this core, it seems capable and Super Bowl caliber, but the last couple of years, Matt Ryan hasn't been the same quarterback. And I think it's time to move on. Now, obviously, quarterback position is the most important position in sports and teams that aren't as lucky as the Falcons have had so many issues trying to find the right starting quarterback, finding the right guy for such a long time. And the Falcons have their guy. So why would it be time to move on from him? Well, it's just not a recipe for success in Atlanta. I mean, we've seen the peak of what Matt Ryan can do, the very top tier playing of Matt Ryan. And he did great, but we haven't seen that in years. And I think at the age 35, it's time to understand that he's really regressing. I mean, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, these guys are Hall of Famers, but they're losing a little bit of arm strength. They're losing a little bit of talent level as they get a little bit older. And really the mid to late 30s is the prime time for quarterbacks to really start ending their careers. And Matt Ryan is getting to that point. So if Atlanta wants to get any value out of him while they're really not in a Super Bowl window, I mean, they have a talented team, but the Super Bowl window is really past. I mean, the Super Bowl window was really the one year that they won, that they made it to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots. I just don't think this team is capable of putting together a roster around Matt Ryan to win a Super Bowl. But that doesn't mean that other teams aren't capable of using Matt Ryan and creating a franchise that could potentially win a Super Bowl. I mean, the Colts are maybe a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contending team. And there's other teams that are quarterback hungry and would just be very happy to have a legitimate starting quarterback in Matt Ryan. And although he hasn't been all that great this year, he still has averaged 300 yards per game. And he hasn't been the absolute worst like this team has looked. Now, his 11 touchdowns on the season isn't super high as it's just under two per game but he's only limited himself to three interceptions, three interceptions on a season through five games. That's okay. That's not the best, not the worst, but it's okay. And it's still starter caliber in the NFL. So if Atlanta can get some high quality players for Matt Ryan, that's the first step of the rebuild. But the next step is thinking about what to do with Julio Jones. Now Julio Jones is maybe the best wide receiver in football. And he has been for so long, but he's getting a little bit older. He's 31 years old, and although he's still relatively in his prime, the Falcons aren't going to be competitive while he's in his prime. And by the time the Falcons are competitive, Julio Jones might be 34 or 35 years old and really not as capable as he is now. So like I said about Matt Ryan, the value is still there. Julio Jones is one of the most worthwhile receivers in the NFL to try to take a look at if you're a playoff team looking for a wide receiver. If you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you think that you can make the playoffs in a weak division, Julio Jones is a guy who could definitely help. So I think Atlanta needs to move on from Julio Jones and really focus on getting that rebuild started. Focus on the young core because there's a lot of really talented young players on this team that are under contract for a long time. Deion Jones is one of the better defensive players that I mean, is out there in the league at linebacker. He's got 40 tackles on the year, and he's just been incredible. They got Keanu Neal and Grady Jarrett, who both are still under the age of 30. I mean, there's talented players on this Falcons team, and if they want to go out and go in for a full-on rebuild, they have the ability to do so. 
Now, trading away a number one receiver is really not the best thing to do for most teams, but Atlanta has a deep wide receiving corpse. And I think that Calvin Ridley's capable of becoming that number one receiver. Now he has been the best receiver in Atlanta so far this season. He's got five touchdowns and 546 yards compared to Julio Jones, who's got 350 yards and two touchdowns. Although Julio did play two less games, but Calvin Ridley has already shown that he's got the capability to step into that number one wide receiver role. And he's only 25 years old, fresh out of the out of college. He's going to be around in Atlanta for a really long time. And if they want to build that wide receiver corpse around him, why not? Now, if they do decide that they do want to rebuild this team from the ground up, trade away Matt Ryan, trade away maybe Todd Gurley or trade away guys like Julio Jones. I don't see why not, because the draft capital will be good. Atlanta is a one in five team. They're going to be a top 10 or 15 draft pick, if not even higher, if not even better in the draft. So they're going to have the draft picks. And there's a couple good quarterbacks that could potentially be built around. Now, for the Atlanta Falcons, I think the best fit is going to be Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields hasn't played too much this season because of the Big Ten hasn't started. But from what we saw last season, he was absolutely incredible. I mean, Justin Fields was one of the best players in the country at the quarterback position, throwing for 3,273 yards, 41 touchdowns, and three picks. 41 touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, he was absolutely incredible all year long, and he proved that he should have been a top-tier draft pick. Now, sometimes they don't transfer. Sometimes the quarterback doesn't transfer from college to the NFL, and I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of Ohio State quarterbacks. I don't think that a lot of the players who have come from Ohio State at that quarterback position, Dwayne Haskins included, have done a very good job at the next level. But to be honest, I think Justin Fields might be a little bit different. I mean, his desire to play the game, his athleticism, it's all exactly what you want to see in today's NFL. I mean, the speed is going to kill people in today's NFL. And if they can, if they can utilize him the way they want to and put him into this offense, it could be a real upgrade for Atlanta. And they could be competing real soon with this really talented young core. So if I'm Atlanta, I'm throwing all the chips off the table and I am folding this season. It's time to rebuild in Atlanta. Matt Ryan is not going to bring this team to a Super Bowl. And I think a lot of things that teams don't realize is it has to be Super Bowl or bust. You need to be building towards a Super Bowl. And if you're just meddling in the middle like Atlanta's been for the last two years, if you're looking like Atlanta's been, you need to try to change something, try to make a difference because being a middle meddling team or a playoff team that barely makes it isn't going to cut it. Because if you never bring home that Lombardi trophy, if you never win the Super Bowl, then what's the point? I'm going to take a quick break when I come back to a tag of Iloa named the starter in Miami. Stay tuned. To a tag of Iloa has been named the starter in Miami. Welcome back to Up for Debate. I'm your host, Cade Reed. And you know what's up for debate? Is Tua the right choice in Miami? I mean, the Miami Dolphins have started out this season three and three, which isn't the best, isn't the worst, but it's good enough for second place in the AFC East, right behind the Buffalo Bills, only one game behind. But Miami has really looked like the best team in that division. 
I mean, outside of Buffalo, who has been good and has done a really good job outside of their two losses, which didn't look good at all the last two weeks against the Titans and against the Chiefs, two of the better teams in the NFL. So who knows how we can grade those wins? Miami has been the best team. I mean, Miami has looked top to bottom really well, and they've gotten good play from the quarterback position. After losing the first two games of the season, the Dolphins have won three of the last four, and the only game they lost was a close game against Seattle. And yeah, they lost that game because Fitzpatrick may have thrown two interceptions and their running game kind of disappeared, but benching Ryan Fitzpatrick was a little bit of a question mark. And on Monday, when I talked about Tua seeing his first game time in his whole career, I figured that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be the starter for the rest of the year, barring an injury or really poor play from Fitzpatrick. But I got to be honest, I trust Brian Flores as a decision maker. He's made great decisions in the past regarding this Miami Dolphins team. And last year, they got a lot more effort out of those players than anybody could have ever hoped for. This year, Tua Tagovailoa makes his first appearance in the game. Next week is a bye week, so they get a little bit of a break. But the week after against the Rams, Tua is going to be going in, and he's going to be playing. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Now, the only reason this is a questionable decision to me is because of Tua Tagovailoa's injury history. Just about a year ago, he had a real hard time with his hip. He had a hip injury, the same injury that Bo Jackson had, and it sidelined him for the rest of the year. Now, if Tua is completely healthy and if that injury is not a re-injury concern, I think that it is best to put Tua Tagovailoa in as early as possible. Now, Tua's got more upside than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it's plain and simple. Tua's the better quarterback in the long run. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been great for a lot of teams, but at 37 years old, he's really just a backup quarterback at this point in his career. And although he has been playing good football as a starter for the Miami Dolphins, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks at throwing interceptions this season. Now, Tua Tagovailoa is going to have some woes as he tries to transition from college football to the NFL and takes a just about year-long toll away from football. So Tua is going to come back a little bit different of a quarterback than what we saw in college, but I think he's going to ease into the NFL and the Dolphins are going to be an improved team with Tua at quarterback. Now the playoffs aren't out of the realm of possibility for the Miami Dolphins. They still have a talented roster. Devontae Parker is still there. He's still getting better. And defensively, they made a lot of really big moves and I think this team could potentially push for a wild card spot. Now, I do think that the Bills are the best team in the AFC East. They just have the better quarterback play at this time. Right now, at this point in Josh Allen's career, he's going to be the better quarterback than Tua. But down the line, down the stretch, if Tua gets experience and he gets into the game, I think he's going to be a super talented starting quarterback. Now, I think if he remains healthy, and he keeps himself on the field, Tua's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Tua was the best quarterback in college, in my opinion, and if I was the Cincinnati Bengals, I would have had a really hard time locking in Joe Burrow at number one. 
I think I would have taken Joe Burrow because he doesn't have the injury history, but to attack of Iloa's talent is unprecedented. And a left-handed quarterback in the NFL is a little bit odd. I mean, we haven't seen a left-handed quarterback in the NFL since 2015, Kellen Moore. So we're talking about right-handed quarterbacks. And if you throw a lefty in, you can really change up the direction of play, change up how you attack a defense. And defenses aren't really able to adjust to that as it's only one team that they're seeing with a left-handed quarterback. So although being left-handed isn't really a huge advantage, as you can see, there's only one starting quarterback now in the NFL that's left-handed, it definitely does provide a little bit of a different look for those defenses. Now, I think that this is a good call for the Miami Dolphins. And Brian Flores is the, one of the few coaches in the NFL that I would trust grooming and teaching to attack of Iloa and helping him along. Now, I expect Miami to be a good team in the next couple of years because they have good leadership. They obviously have a good starting quarterback now into attack of Iloa. But Brian Flores is doing a tremendous job. Oh, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, the football team is likely to stay as the football team. The Washington football team is likely to stay as the Washington football team for a little bit longer. And this is kind of the worst case scenario for the NFL. But according to Jason Wright, the president of the Washington football team, they're having a hard time getting themselves a new name. Now, this is all being cited as a problem with the uniforms and trying to go through the approval process through the league. And the Washington football team is saying that that's the reason it's going to take a long time to get a new name. But I just quite frankly, can't believe that. I can't believe that the Washington football team cannot change their name because of the league's approval process, because quite frankly, just having a football team named the football team is a bad look for the NFL. So the NFL should be doing whatever they can and whatever they will do to make sure that the football team has a name next season. So if the football team isn't named next season, I don't think it's the NFL that's holding them back. And I, I have a hard time saying the football team. If we're watching the football team on TV or if we're trying to get the football team to change their name, why are they called the football team? I mean, anything else could have been a filler name. You could have called them the dogs. You could have called them the raccoons. Anything would have been better. I mean, those are both awful names, but they would have been better than the football team. I mean, dang football team. We're watching the football team go through this hard process. And the NFL not having them change their name at this point in time really makes this a tough look for the NFL. I mean, the NFL is a team full of 32 football teams, and one of them is called the football team. I mean, come on. We're talking about the Washington football team. And it's not just bad that it's Washington that, that is this team, but they're one of the worst teams in all of the NFL. So having the football team be so bad every single year, I mean, the Washington ex-Redskins, the Washington football team, is a blemish on the NFL. And I think this team name will change will happen, but only when Dan Snyder sells the team. Because Dan Snyder wants to 
hold off on changing the team name to hurt the NFL as much as possible. I mean, we know that Dan Snyder didn't want to change the team name in the past. He said that he would never change the team name. He said he didn't want to change the team name. The Washington Redskins were going to stay. But then the funding started to disappear. FedEx Field, the place where the Washington football team plays, they said, well, we don't want to be associated with the Washington Redskins. It's an offensive name. We don't like it. So Dan Snyder, in spite of the NFL, in spite of FedEx Field, in spite of everybody, decided to put up this temporary name. We aren't the Washington Redskins anymore. We are just the Washington football team. I mean, that has to be the most spiteful thing I've seen in the NFL. Dan Snyder, in spite, changes his team name to the football team. If you won't let me have my team name, well, here, we don't have a team name. I mean, that is what Dan Snyder did. And I mean, quite frankly, it's a big time issue that the NFL doesn't have control over their owners or have the idea that one of their owners is really out to get them. I mean, the viewership of the Washington football team, I haven't checked the numbers, but I can't imagine comparatively to other teams, it's very high. And in Washington, D.C., where there's a good amount of people, a good amount of sporting fans, this should be a place where the football team is loved. But Dan Snyder has ruined the image of the Washington football team. He has ruined the entire Washington franchise, whether it was the Redskins or the football team, Dan Snyder has ruined it all. And all I can say is the NFL isn't going to solve this issue until they force Dan Snyder out. Until Dan Snyder is out of the NFL and out of their issues, this is going to remain the Washington football team because he named them the Washington football team in spite of everyone not letting him keep his team's name. Everything that Dan Snyder has done to keep the Washington football team as the football team, he has done in spite. And I don't expect them to change the team name while he is still the owner of this franchise. Because if the NFL gets understands what's going on, which I mean, I'm sure they do understand, they need to figure out a way to get him out of the owners. He needs to not be an owner any longer for Washington. He is an issue and they need to get him removed. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, the Green Bay Packers have nothing to worry about after the loss to Tampa Bay. The Green Bay Packers have nothing to worry about after their 38 to 10 loss against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, that's debatable. Welcome back to Up for Debate. I'm your host, Cade Reed. Thank you guys for tuning in. And make sure you tune every tune in every single day on the KJAC Sports Podcast on Spotify. The Green Bay Packers took on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers completely blew them out. Now, going into this game, Green Bay was one of the top teams in all of the NFL. They were undefeated. They had beaten some pretty decent teams along the way, uh, but they looked like one of the top teams in all of football and going up against Tampa Bay, they showed that they weren't. Now there's a few very worrying position groups for this green Bay Packers team. The first one is the one that everybody knows about the wide receiver position outside of Devonte Adams and outside of Alan Lazard. Really there's not too much talent. 
And Marquez Valdez Scantling has a real drop problem. He's shown that he has a potential, but beyond those three guys, there's really just no talent on that receiving end. So if somebody goes down, which we did see with Devontae Adams, we did see with Alan Lazard, there's not much that the Green Bay Packers can do behind that. I mean, if their wide receiver position is hurt, they need to figure it out. Now, that's not the only position of need that this Green Bay Packers team has. They also have a really big issue at the cornerback position. Now, you might be confused saying, well, what do you mean they have an issue at the cornerback position? They've got some of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, Jair Alexander. They got some good safeties, Darnell Savage. They got Adrian Amos. But the issue here is that beyond Jair Alexander and beyond Kevin King, the two starters for this Packers team, there's no depth at the quarterback cornerback position. And Josh Jackson, who is that third guy, he had a really tough outing against Tampa Bay and gave up a lot of big time plays. So if the Packers want to be competitive, they need to solve that cornerback issue. They need to keep Kevin King on the field because his health is a priority for this team at this point. They need to make sure that Jair Alexander and Kevin King, who both of them were on the injured report this, this week, Kevin King with a quadricep issue and Jair Alexander with a hand and knee issue, they need both of those guys to be on the field. Now, the linebacker position has also been an extreme issue for the Green Bay Packers. They have no run stop. Now, Kenny Clark, their interior defensive lineman, has shown that he's one of the best run-stopping defensive linemen in the NFL, but he's the only one in that Green Bay Packers defense who's really capable of making big-time stops. I mean, the leading tacklers on this team are a bunch of no-names. Chris Barnes, who he's a young guy, he's looked pretty good so far this year, but Christian Kirksey and Ty Summers, there's just not too much talent at that linebacker position. And Ronald Jones and Tampa Bay really took advantage of that. I mean, Ronald Jones was 23 carries for 113 yards and two touchdowns. And he wasn't even their leading rusher coming into that game. I mean, some people could have argued that Leonard Fournette could have been that leading rusher, could have been that guy. And Leonard Fournette, who before his injury, uh, who did miss the game with an injury, had a tremendous, tremendous outing in a win against the Panthers. Now that win, he had 103 yards and two touchdowns. And since then, he's been a little bit shaken up and hasn't really been on the field quite as much. But the Packers couldn't stop Ronald Jones. So I'm just trying to imagine how they would have been able to stop Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette if they had two change of pace backs who were able to go into the game. I just don't think this Green Bay Packers team is capable of making those defensive stops. I don't think they're capable of stopping the run in really any facet. And if you've got cornerback play that is good and Kevin King can stay healthy and Jair can stay healthy, then this Packers team can really commit to run stopping uh, a little bit more because their cornerback over the top coverage will be better. But if they don't commit to the run game and they don't have the cornerbacks to stick with the man on man-to-man -man coverage, they're going to have some real issues. Now, there was also some issues with effort as far as Green Bay went. They, they didn't show that they had very much effort and that was a big time issue because when you're taking on Tom Brady, you know that a 10 point lead is, is as good as gone. 
when we talked about it earlier, Tom Brady was the quarterback who led the comeback against the Atlanta Falcons in that 28 to three Super Bowl comeback. Now, Aaron Rodgers, who started off the game really well, just couldn't finish through. And only 10 points on the night for Green Bay all happened in the first quarter. So once the Buccaneers defense got control, once they figured out the game plan for Green Bay, they really shut them down. And Green Bay might have an issue down the line because Tampa Bay has really been the best team the Packers have played. I mean, their schedule has been okay, but the Saints have been only an all right team. The Falcons haven't been very good. The Lions, of course, not very good. And the Vikings have been really bad. So the schedule so far for the Packers have been pretty favorable. But they are going to have a pretty tough stretch down the line. And I think it's going to be coming towards the end of the season. But as far as schedules go, Green Bay has got a very friendly one. So Green Bay should still make the playoffs and they still should be a competitive team with Aaron Rodgers playing like one of the better players at that quarterback position this year. He's a top five MVP candidate at this point. If the Packers want to make it deep into the playoffs, they need to figure out that run stop and they need to figure out the wide receiver position because you can't rely on the health of Devontae Adams for an entire season because you just continue to force the ball to Devonte, he's just going to keep getting hurt. And if you don't have other guys, other options to step up and, and replace them, it's going to be a big time issue. I mean, we've seen that happen in Philadelphia. They've got one of the biggest issues as far as injuries go and their wide receiver corps is always just so bad. It's always so bad because they've always had so many injuries and their depth is never good. So if the Packers don't want to get themselves into that type of issue, they need to solve that wide receiver position. And yeah, I thought they should have solved that wide receiver position a long, long time ago. I think in the NFL draft, there were so many quality wide receivers that the Packers should have taken a chance on just one of them. Just one wide receiver, all they needed in the first couple rounds, but instead they take a quarterback who's not going to play and a running back who's not going to play. Yeah, not great. So the Green Bay Packers, I think they are an improved team this year. They have improved chemistry, improved play calling. They have a bit of an issue on that defensive side of the ball. They need to stop the run. And they also have an issue if they can't stay healthy at that wide receiver position. Now, because of these issues, I just don't think the Green Bay is going to have a very good season later down the line. Now, obviously, a four and one start is great, but their schedule is not too difficult. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't expect them to have a great playoff performance. Now, thank you all for tuning in today for Up for Debate. I'm your host, Cade Reed. Make sure to follow me on social medias at the underscore Cade Reed, where I'll be posting updates for the show, different things like that. Also, make sure to follow us on Spotify at KJAC Sports Spotify on, or at KJAC Sports Podcast on Spotify. You guys can find us there anytime. I will see you guys next time.